With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Mitzvah Tesvav, page fifteen. I'm going to back up a little bit to something we did previously. Ten lines up on the bottom of fourteen B, Tashema. We said as follows: Lachidas Paris. Kate said, "What's the case where someone's being reimbursed for the produce? Somebody steals a field from his friend. It's being taken away from him. When there's a collection that's taking place in regards to the principal, so that takes place from encumbered properties. When it comes to fruits, that can only be collected from unencumbered properties, properties that are available that weren't sold off. What's the case? If it's simply as it says, you can't be talking about a case of a thief. The thief is collecting from someone. Who's he going to collect from? He has to give it back. El Alav must be the case. Where somebody stole a field from his friend, and he sold it to someone else, and it went up in value, meaning the person who bought it invested in it. So the Gemara doesn't like that and says like this, I'm a Rava. Rava says as follows, What's the case? He stole a field from his friend, it was full of fruits, he ate up the fruits, and then he made holes inside of the piece of property that was stolen. So now, when the person who got stolen from wants to collect back the damage that was caused to his property, the principal, so that he can collect from uh, encumbered properties. But when it comes to the fruits that were stolen, so that can be collected. That can only be collected from things that are unencumbered. So Rabbi Baravuna gives a different explanation of this case. What's the case? For example, with a person who had stolen it, so it was taken away from him by other robbers, and the robbers took it because of him. I mean, because of the Gazlan, because of the guy who stole it. Now, Ban Nigzal, the voice Karen. Now, if the Nigzal, the person who got stolen from, so the halacha is law is, the person who stole it now has to pay back the person who got stolen from. So when it comes to the Karen, the actual piece of property itself, so that can be collected from encumbered properties. But when it comes to the fruits, so that can only be collected from unencumbered properties. What's the reason why Rav said his understanding, he didn't talk about Masikin, people stealing from the Gazlan, from the guy who stole it, but rather he talked about the Gazlan having to pay back the person, the thief having to pay back the person he stole from. So why did he say it that way? Because the implication from the words is like this, it says, it's being taken away from him. It sounds like it's being taken away rightfully from him. As opposed to in the case of the Masikin, when we talk about the case where someone else is taken away from the guy who stole it, so then it's not being taken away from the guy who stole it rightfully, it's being stolen from him, and therefore he's going to have to pay back the person who he stole it from. Right? So that's not Mashman. It doesn't sound like that from the words. He preferred to say not like Rava. From the fact that it says it's being taken away from him, it sounds like it's being taken away from him as it was when he originally stole it. It doesn't sound like the, the guy himself had dug any kind of holes in it. So therefore, that's why Rabbi Baravuna doesn't want to learn like Rava explained. Ravashi says that it's actually talking about two different cases. For example, he stole a field from his friend, Malaya Paris, it was full of fruits. Paris, he ate all the fruits, and then he sold the field. So now, after the field gets taken back by the person who it was stolen from, so the person who bought the field, he goes back to the thief and he says, I want my money back. So so that can be taken from encumbered properties. Now, if the person who 
stolen from, wants to collect back his fruits that he originally had, that this guy actually ate, so that can only be collected from unencumbered properties. Whether according to Rava or according to Rabbi Barafuna, according to both of them, the person who got stolen from is going to the person who was the thief, and he's collecting the piece of land, the value of that land, or whatever is missing from the land, from the chas mishiwadim, from encumbered property. The problem is that all this is at best is considered like a verbal loan. And a verbal loan, you don't have the right to collect from encumbered properties. So what's the explanation according to them? Why is he collecting from, from encumbered properties? Properties. What are we speaking about over here? That they already had gone to court, and the court had already ordered this person to pay, the thief, and therefore now, from this point, so there's an obligation, even on encumbered properties, and then he sold this piece of property that the guy wants to collect from after there was an obligation on him. If that's the case, so then why don't we say the same thing in regards to the fruits, that the court required him to pay the fruits, and therefore, you should even have to pay encumbered properties in regards to the fruits. Why are we saying that you don't? that they only had brought him to court in regards to the actual piece of property itself, but not in regards to the fruits. My Pasigmar says, why would we say such a strange case? Is it generally true that we only take him to court in regards to the actual piece of land itself, not in regards to the fruits? Sigmar answers, Milsa, that in general, the first thing that a person is going to bring a person to court about is the actual piece of land itself. And only afterwards is he going to bring him to court for the fruits. And therefore, that's what happened. So he brought him first to court for that, then he sold a piece of land, and then afterwards he tries to get the fruits. So in such a case, he's only going to be able to get out of him. The encumbered properties are only going to pay for the obligation that was there previously, which was a piece of land itself. But the fruits which came later can only be paid off with the unencumbered properties. So now the Gemara challenges Shmuel. The implication of everything that we're saying now is that Shmuel holds that if somebody buys from a thief, so then the person who has bought that piece of land, he's losing now the piece of land, so he's not going to get paid back for the investment that he made into the piece of land. Is that true? We know that Shmuel said the following statement to Rav Chinon Barshilas. That he was telling Rav Chinon Barshilas, who was a sofer, a scribe, he said to him, you should ask him find out if you should write that there's a guarantee in regards to whatever investment and whatever fruits are produced by this property. Bimai. So now, what was the case that Shmuel was saying this? If it's talking about a case where there's a debtor that's owed money by the person who's selling the property that's going to come along, and therefore the person who's buying the property needs a guarantee, so then would he be able to get fruits out of the guy who's selling him the property? Shmuel said, that if the debtor comes along to take this piece of property, he's allowed to take whatever the land has gone up in value, and therefore the person who's getting the land taken away can go back to the person who sold him the land and get whatever the land has gone up, gone up in value since he bought it. In The indication is that only whatever's gone up in value, but not the fruits itself, meaning the person who's taking it, the debtor, so he's not going to be able to take the fruits. Whatever the fruits are there, he's going to have to give back to the person who bought the piece of property. So we're not talking about a case of a debtor. So why are they writing this into the document? Because in case this guy is a thief, so the person who's buying the property wants to make sure that he's guaranteed that if any fruits are produced because of his own efforts, that he gets that money back from this guy. Now the problem is, this is Shmuel talking, and Shmuel previously said that you can't get back the fruits from this guy. And the reason is, because since there's money that was given to the thief to buy the property, so that money becomes like a loan, so to speak, as we said previously, and therefore, for him to give back the money of the fruits, the value of the fruits, so that would look like interest. Right? So we said, according to Shmuel, that he's not allowed to do that. So over here, we seem to be saying that he will give him the money of the fruits. Um, Rav Yasef, so Rav Yasef explains like this, what's the case? 
Karka, that the thief, when he's paying back the person who bought the piece of property from him, he's giving him a piece of land. So that's why, since he's giving him a piece of land, he's not giving him back money. That's how he's replacing the stolen money. So therefore, there's no problem that it looks like interest when he gives him back the money for the fruits as well. I'm like, Abai, so Abai challenges this answer of Rebbe Yosef. He says, There's a concept of, of lending, let's say, a, a certain amount of wheat. So you can't lend out a, a certain amount of wheat and get paid back the same amount of wheat because what's going to happen is the wheat's going to go up in value, so you're actually getting back a greater amount as a problem of interest. So it says a buy it. If you have a piece of land, so now all of a sudden you're going to be allowed to do this type of trick. You're going to be allowed to give him, to lend him a certain amount of chita, a certain measure of chita of wheat, and then get back uh, the same measure which has a greater value just because you have a piece of land. It's not true. Amarle, no. So he responded to Yosef and said like this, Hasam halva, Over there, it's actually a loan. But over here, it was meant to be a sale. So since it was meant to be a sale, so the only time that we say that it's going to be a problem of interest is only if there's no pieces of land and it looks like he's getting back more money than he originally gave him. Then we'll say it's a problem, but over here he's giving him back a piece of land. And then he's also giving him back some money since it looks like it's a sale, so we don't run into the problem of merci kribis that it looks like interest. There was an alternate version of the statement. What's the case over here? There was an act of acquisition on the part of the thief when he was originally selling this piece of land. The act of acquisition entitled the person who was buying that if it was taken away from him that the thief would end up paying whatever improvements were made to the piece of property. And since this act of acquisition was done even before any money was given over, so it's not considered and it doesn't even look like anything to do with interest. Would it be permitted to, for one person to lend another person a certain measure of wheat and then to get it back the same amount which has a greater value if they made such a condition and stipulation with an act of acquisition at the beginning? It wouldn't be. So he responded, No, there's a big difference because over there, so the case you're talking about with the wheat is, is a case where you're literally lending. Over here, there's an act, there's an attempt to actually buy something. So over here, it's going to have to be much more close to interest, has to resemble it much more in order for it to be a problem. Kufa, we said previously, Amr Shmuel, Shmuel says, When the debtor comes to collect a piece of land from the person who bought it, so he takes it along with whatever investment has been placed into it by the person who bought the piece of land. Amr Rav, Rav says, you should know, That this is what the person who's selling it writes, to the person who's buying it. I'm going to clean off and purify this sale, them, their efforts, and all that they've gone of in value, and I will bring them back to you, I will stand them up in front of you. This transaction of ours is desirable, and it's accepted upon us. So we see that the seller is taking responsibility for whatever improvements are made to this piece of property if it ends up getting taken away. So Chibar Avin says to Rava, if this is the case, Matana, in regards to where someone gives a present, he didn't write this. So if let's say Ruven gives Shimon a Matana a present, right? And now the person who Ruven owes money to, the debtor comes along and takes away the present from Shimon, the piece of land. So in such a case, the person who's taking the piece of land, the debtor, 
you shouldn't be able to take whatever improvements were made to the property since the person who got this present is not going to be able to go back to the person who gave him the present. Omar lay in. So he responds and says, yes, indeed, it's true. Since the person who received the present will not be able to get back his improvements from the person who gave him the present, so the debtor cannot take the improvements along with the piece of land. So Gemara says, hold on a second. Is it better when a person gets a present that you have a greater strength than when somebody buys something? Omar lay in. He said, yes. Absolutely. There is a greater power to the person who has received a present. And Rashi explains because when a person receives a present, since he can't go back to the person who's given him the present to get back whatever investment he made into the property, so the person who's the Balchov, the debtor, cannot take those improvements. As opposed to a person who's bought a piece of property, so since he can go back to the person who sold him the piece of property to get back the money for his improvements, so the debtor can also take those improvements. Rav Nachman says, We have the following b'risa which proves what Shmuel says. However, Rav Huna, so he established it in a different way. The Tanya. It's a b'risa, I'm sorry, not a Mishnah. If someone sells a field to his friend, it's being taken away from him. So when he comes back to collect, so he takes the actual principle of the property from income or properties. When it comes to the improvements of the property, that can only be collected from unencumbered properties. And this is exactly what Shmuel said, because he said that the Bachov, the debtor, is allowed to take the Shavach, whatever improvements were made to the property. That's only possible if the person who bought the property has the right to go back to the person who sold him the property to get those improvements back which is what we see here. Our friend Huna, Rav Huna, so he established it in a different way. But like, he said it's talking about a case where somebody bought something from a thief, and now the person who was stolen from is taking back his property, and that's why the person who's taking the property has the right to take the improvements, because it's his property. But according to Rav Huna, so he won't agree to what Shmuel said, that in a case of a Balchov, a debtor, so there he won't be able to take the Shavach whenever improvements have been made to the property. Tanya Yidach, we have another b'risa. Somebody sells a field to his friend, and then he made it go up in value, improved it. Now the debtor comes, takes away the piece of property. When it comes to whatever investments have been made, and then the improvements have a greater value than the investments that were placed into the property by the person who had originally bought it. So he takes the, the additional money, the additional value of the improvements from the person who sold him the land, the guy who owed the money in the first place, and the expenditures, whatever he invested into the property, he goes back to the person who's taking the property, the debtor. But if the expenditures, the investment, is greater than whatever the actual piece of property went up in value, so all he can do is go to the debtor, the guy who took the piece of property, and take only whatever value it's gone up, not per se whatever expenditures he's expended. So says, How is Shmuel going to establish this price? What's he going to to say, you be like If the case is talking about where the person had bought it from a thief, kasheresha. It's going to be problematic in the first part of the brayso. The Amar Shmuel Kashmuel says, like That if somebody buys from a thief, so he doesn't get any of the value of whatever improvements were made to his property, as we, sh- we said before, because it looks like interest. But here we're saying that he does get some of the value that's gone up. He goes back to the person who sold it to him in regards to whatever is beyond the expenditures. And if we would establish this price to be talking about a case where the debtor is coming to take this piece of property, so both the first part of the price and the second part of the price are problematic. That the Bachov, the debtor, is allowed to completely take whatever shevach, whatever improvements have been made to the property, and then the person who bought the property goes back to the guy who sold it to him. But here we see that there's an interplay, not just between the person who bought the property and the person who sold him the property, but the person who bought the property as well as the debtor and the person who sold him the property. So we see that there's much more going on here. It's not as simple as Shmuel says. 
So the Gemara answers, Iba Yisema, one answer that we can give, Bilakech mi gazan, kigon shayesh lekarka. We can say that the case is talking about where he bought it from a thief. So why is Shmuel saying that in fact, there is some kind of shavach, some kind of improvement that he can get back? It's because we're talking about a case where there is property. The person who sold him, the thief who sold him the property, so he still has property to be able to collect from. So now when he gives him money beyond that, he gives him money for the improvements. So it's not considered interest, since he's also giving him a piece of property. It doesn't look like I'm giving you more money than you originally gave me. It doesn't look like a loan at all. You know, I mean, you know, the possibility is this economy other because said that the case is where when the thief originally sold it to the person who bought it, so he had made an, uh, an act of acquisition to guarantee that if any improvements were made, that he would stand behind paying back those things. So since that was done before any money exchanged hands, so it doesn't look like interest, like we said previously. Another possibility with We could explain that we're talking about a debtor. It's not a problem. We turn to Tesvav and Base 15b. It depends how much improvements have been made. If the improvements have gotten to the point where it's already up to the person's shoulders, meaning it's ready to be harvested already, the wheat has already grown enough. So in such a case, so then the person who's taking it, the the debtor, so he really doesn't have the rights to take the fruit that's so ready. So therefore, if he takes it, he's going to have to pay for the expenditures. When we said that the debtor has a right to take whatever produce was made, when it hasn't reached its full height, it's not gone to the point where it's ready to be harvested. In such a case, so the debtor can take it since the person who bought the piece of property will be able to return back to the person who sold it to him. Where it says, hold on a second, there are stories every single day. Shmuel would indeed allow the debtor to take things, to take produce that had already gone to this point where it was ready to be harvested. So how could you tell me that in such a case you wouldn't be able to take it and you would have to pay for the expenditures? We say that's not true. Where it says, like, it's not problematic. It depends. When did Shmuel say that the person who is the debtor is allowed to take it? Only if the amount that's owed to him includes the amount of property plus the produce that he's taking. But if the amount that's owed to him does not include the full thing that he's taking, he's taking a piece of property and he's taking produce that's worth more than the amount that's owed to him. So then in such a case, so the guy's going to have to pay back the person who invested in the property for all of his investments and whatever it's been improved. Now the Gemara says, this that we said that the person who is the debtor, that he can take the piece of land and then pay back for whatever improvements were made. So, this is good according to one who says, that if the guy who had bought the piece of property has money, he can't give the debtor money in place, in place of the piece of property. Shoppers, everything works out good. There's a, there's a sheet, there's a, an opinion that holds that if the person who has bought this piece of land, if he has any money, he can say to the debtor, take this money instead of taking the property. So then over here as well, let him say to him, if I would have had money, I would have removed you from the entire piece of land, meaning you would have had to take the money. Now I don't have any money. Give me a small piece of land in this piece of land according to how much I've improved it. Meaning, since you're going to have to give me money anyway, let it be considered that I had money before. Don't take this whole piece of land. Leave me something based on the value of my improvement. And and uh, don't take the whole piece of land. What's the case over here? Why does the Balchayv, the debtor, have the right to take the piece of land completely? Originally, when the person had lent the money, so he had said to the person who was borrowing the money, I want to be able to collect from this piece of property. That the person who had borrowed the money had said, you will only be able to be collecting from this piece of land. So that being the case, so therefore the person who has bought the piece of land doesn't have the rights to even say to the person who's the debtor to take any kind of money, because this is the piece of property, this is where it was going to get paid from. Therefore, the buyer loses out completely. 
The Gemara continues. Let's say when he bought this piece of property from this thief, he realized that it didn't belong to the thief. He was aware of that. And he bought it nevertheless. So Rav says, that when the person who originally owned the piece of property comes to take this piece of land away from the buyer, so he can go back to the person who sold it to him and get his money back. But whatever improvements he's made, he doesn't get. He doesn't even get the money back. So the question is, what are they arguing about? Rav Savar, so Rav holds, he gets his money back. Why? The person who's buying this piece of land knows it doesn't belong to the guy who's selling it to him. So therefore he knows he's not buying a piece of land. So why did he give him the money? So he gave him this money in order that he hold on to it to him to watch it for him. So therefore when he wants to, he can get his money back. So then if that's the case, Gamora wants to know, then why did he just say to him he's giving this money in order to watch it? Then the reason is because he felt that this guy wouldn't accept upon himself to watch this money for him. So therefore he did it to him in this way. He knows that he's not going to get this piece of land. So why did he give him this money? He's giving it to him as a gift. And therefore he can't come back to him and take his money back anymore later because he meant to give it to him as a gift. So the Gamora says if that's the case, why did he say he's giving it to him as a gift? He knows that the guy's going to be embarrassed to take the money, and therefore he gives it to him in this way. The Gemara says, hold on a second, we actually find that they already argue about this one time. We have a Moritic statement, let's say somebody tries to marry his sister, he gives her money to marry her. So, now, you can't marry your sister, it doesn't work. So Rav says, the money comes back. Shmuel says, no, the money is actually considered a gift. Rav holds, the money comes back to the brother. Because every single person knows that Kedushin, you can't marry your sister. The When he gave it to her, he just meant to give it to her in order for her to watch it. So why didn't he say to her that he meant her to watch it? Because he thought that she's not going to accept the money from him. says That the money is considered a gift. Because a person knows he can't marry his sister. When he gives it to her, he means to give it to her as a gift. So why didn't he say to her that he means to give it to her as a gift? He knows that she's not going to accept it because she's going to be embarrassed. So why do we need the same exact argument twice? We need both. Because if we had said it in this case, in this case, Rav says that the money comes back is not considered a, a gift because people don't ordinarily give gifts to strangers. But in regards to the person's sister, maybe he would agree that since it's a sister, he's giving her a gift. So that's why he has to say that no. He argues in that case as well to say that no. In that case, it's just a because and it's just considered like he's giving it over for to watch. If we had said only the case of the sister, here Shmuel is saying that it's considered a gift because it's a sister. But in the case of a stranger, maybe he agrees to Rav, then in such a case, it's not considered a gift, but rather it's considered a pikadon. He's giving it to the guy to watch. So that's why we need to say in this case as well to say that according to Shmuel even where it's a stranger he's still giving it over as a gift now the Gemara says Bain Rav that Pikadin, whether according to Rav who says that he's giving the money over in order for him to watch Bain Shmuel that Matana or according to Shmuel who says he's giving it over as a gift what's the guy doing? you're telling me that he's giving this over this money over in order for it to be a gift or in order for him to watch why is he using the piece of land? why is he improving the piece of land? clearly he thinks he's buying it 
So the Gemara says no. The truth is, this guy is actually rationalizing. He doesn't think he owns a piece of land. So he thinks of himself as follows: I know I'm going to go down to the land via avud. I'm going to work the land via echol I'm going to use whatever produces just like the other guy was doing. And then when the owner of the land comes back to take his land back, my money will be so. According to Ravu, says that he's giving over the money in order for him to watch it because so he's going to say that my money is going to be that I'm going to get my money back. Matana, matana. And according to Shmuel, who said that the guy means that it should be a gift, so he's, he's thinking that when the guy comes and claims his property, so he intends that it should be a gift. Amar Rav, Rav says, Hilchasa, the halacha is, the final law is, that the person gets back his money, he gets back whatever investment he made. Even if they didn't explicitly state that he's going to get back the shevach, the improvements. However, if he realized that it's not the guy who's selling it to him, it doesn't belong to him, and he bought it anyway, he gets back his money, it's considered that he's given over the money as a bikazan for the guy to watch, but he doesn't get his improvements. If they left out the fact that the person is going to be able to collect from the chasim mishvodim from encumbered properties, so that's a mistake of the scribe. Whether we're talking about a document which was for a loan, or whether we're talking about a document which was for a sale.